0: There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams, like the creature from the Black Lagoon, deadly aliens from outer space, giant ants, man-eating sharks, and bloodthirsty grizzly bears. But the most fiendish, the most fascinating, the most terrifying creature of all may be waiting for you round the next corner or living right in your own. Home. <laughs> How
1: much is that doggy in the window? The one with the waggly tail. How much is that doggy in the window? I do hope that doggy's for sale. I don't want a bunny or a kitty. I don't want a parrot the toys. I don't want a bowl of little fishies, you can't take a goldfish for a walk, how much
0: According to the 2017 APPA survey on pet ownership, Americans own approximately 89 million dogs, 94 million cats, and over 14 million other small animals. That's an awful lot of furry friends to hug, pet, and play with. It's also a hell of a lot to deal with when they decide to turn on their masters and go on a bloody rampage. On this episode of Slums of Film History, we'll discuss the films where that sleepy ball of fur turns into a screeching ball of death, and man's best friend becomes his worst nightmare. Join us as we snuggle up to cuddly critters that kill.
1: of film history, a lowbrow look into the high art of cinema. Every episode is an in-depth look into a niche topic of film that is normally not discussed in polite
0: company. I'm Slade. And I'm Tom. And each week, one of us researches our respective topic, writes an episode, and the school's the other. We discuss everything from s and Nazis, to murderous children, to big-ass insects. If there's a film subject too taboo, we haven't found it yet. Welcome. Hey, Sleet. Hi, Tom. How's it going? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I think we're awake this time. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. You dragged me out to go get coffee, so. And some breakfast,
1: which always helps, so. Yeah.
0: All right, well, before we get into this whole thing, you got anything to put out? We've got a lot of stuff to put out. Right, this true, has yeah.
1: kind of been a wall of comments and suggestions and everything kind of hit us. We weren't expecting it, and no. it's been wonderful. Yeah, it's so been great. we want to shout some people out just because we've gotten so much feedback from this season already. All right, let's do it. So let's start with Summer Camp. Okay. The first comment that came back was from Andrew, and he was actually one of the guys that did the suggestion on Summer Camp. Right. So, But he did mention that we missed something, which is the movie Stage Fright. Have you ever heard of this? No, I haven't. So it's a 2014 horror musical starring Minnie Driver as the star of a knockoff Phantom of the Opera and Meatloaf as the creepy and overly enthusiastic director of a theater camp where a mass killer who sounds like a drunk David Lee Roth starts <laughs> knocking <laughs> off the campers. How could I have missed this? I don't know. How did we miss this? This sounds amazing. Good. Well, thank you, Andrew. I thank did, you. I did write back to him and say, but wait a minute, Minnie Driver actually sang a song from the real remake of Phantom of the Opera that was from like 2000 four hmm. and so it's weird that she then starred in a movie of where she was the star of a knockoff phantom of the opera
0: well she knows the material i yeah. guess so. so that makes
1: sense and then alexis from twitter mentioned that we missed the movie that's actually called camp i did see this on here i just kind of didn't really i don't know i guess i Can't just talk forgot about it. yeah so we skipped it but anyway sorry alexis she uh, really liked the movie camp all right, let's talk about Kid Killing. Oh, goody. This one really touched a lot of people's nerves, I think. I mean, nobody was like, oh, I was offended by it, but we had so much feedback about Kid Killing.
0: Well, I think it not necessarily touching nerves so much as there was a lot of, like, suggestions and like, hey, I know some Kid Killing. Like, there's some sick fucks out there. Yeah, we, you guys we love are you guys. sick fuckers. Yeah, we, we love you, though. But thank you. Yeah, and so, yeah, we got a lot of feedback on that.
1: So the first one was from Chris, and he mentioned this movie
0: Blood Car, Yeah, yeah, Blood Car, which I hadn't heard of it, but then I checked it out because Chris suggested it. And it's really low budget and really shitty. But yeah, I guess at the end, spoiler, somebody feeds a car a baby to keep it running. It runs on blood and I guess babies, so. I mean, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so pretty cool. Listener Nathaniel on the website mentioned the movie Martyrs. Martyrs keeps coming up and we've never really talked about it.
0: It's kind of torture porny, but I know the scene that he's talking about because I ended up watching it. So the scene that they're talking about is at the beginning, I think, where this one girl goes into this house and kills the whole family including the kids and Mm -hmm. it shows the kids getting shot by a shotgun so some kid killing on screen in the movie Martyrs thanks
1: Nathaniel yeah thanks from Jason, American Sniper.
0: Yeah, yeah. Jason was telling me, so he's a friend of mine. He was telling me about, I guess, a scene where a kid gets a drill drilled into his head. And I don't know how graphic it is, but he said, yeah, the kid killing in the movie American Sniper with a hand drill.
1: Annalise mentioned the movie Pitch Black.
0: Yeah, so Pitch Black is that movie where they're on a the planet and it's those monsters that come out at night, and Vin Diesel's in it, mm-hmm. and he plays I remember it, yeah. Riddick or whatever. And I guess these kids were crash landed with them and the monsters kill these kids and it drags them off and kills them or whatever. So I don't know if it shows it or not. But yeah,
1: these monsters kill some kids in that movie. And then from Sarah, she was talking about it's not a movie, but the finale of MASH.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That was pretty dark, too. Yeah. So they were hiding out, I think, like in a bus or something. And the Viet Cong was, I guess, searching for them. And I think Hawkeye or somebody was in the bus with them. You know the character Hawkeye. A baby was crying, so either the mother had to smother it or somebody smothered it to keep it quiet so they wouldn't get busted. And it fucked them up. It
1: says he tells the mother to shut the baby up, and she smothers it. To okay, death, and that's so, what yeah. it was. Yeah,
0: so it's fucked up. Pretty harsh for a TV show.
1: Listener DJ from Twitter said, Ralph Fiennes kills a dwarf at the end, but earlier in the film, Colin Farrell accidentally shoots a kid. I'm guessing he's talking about In Bruges, in Bruges yeah. yeah,
0: which is a good movie. And I'd forgotten about the earlier scene. I remember the dwarf at the end and Ray Fine thought he'd killed a kid when he shot the dwarf because it kind of blew his head off or whatever. But at the beginning, Colin Farrell's performing a hit. He shoots a priest in a confession booth and I guess some bullets go through the priest and hits his kid that's yeah. praying or whatever. And, yeah. That's a good movie. It's a good yeah. movie, but I'd forgotten all about that scene, and it's it's pretty graphic. It's yeah, got well, that fucks him up
1: for the rest of the and movie, And fucks basically. him up for the yeah. rest of the
0: movie, yeah. And then Randy
1: mentioned the movie Night Nurse, starring Barbara Stanwyck and Clark Gable. You remember this? I read
0: his email, and I'd never heard of this movie. It sounds fascinating. It says that it involves a lot of slapping around drunks, bootlegging, bootlegging, boot-legging. Ladies Undressing
1: and Killing Kids. Damn. All right. So that wraps us up. That was everything from Summer Camp and Kid Killing. Thanks, everyone, for so many great recommendations and things we missed. Uh, we love hearing this stuff.
0: So Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks so much. All right, and on that note, let's get going. I'm ready. All right, good. So this one's a lot different from my normal episodes, I think, at least in structure, among other things, because the way I'm breaking this topic down is in four different sections. Three of those are going to be about specific animals, and one is going to be miscellaneous. Okay. Also, I want to note that by calling this cuddly critters that kill, it severely limits what I can talk about in this episode. Sure. Now, in saying that, I still stretch the definition of what could be considered cuddly, but we'll discuss that. But some animals that I excluded that we're not going to discuss are birds. I hate birds. All right. Rats, (laughs) monkeys, pigs, and bears, all of which have plenty of films where they attack and kill people, but I don't think they meet the criteria of cuddly. So I said no. Pig maybe. I know. I I struggle with it, but I I mean, they're disgusting. They shit all over the place too. Right. So I said no. Great. So the first animal we're going to be discussing are dogs. Dogs, my favorite. Yeah, I know your favorite. You love them. But let me back up and say that in talking about dogs, I'm excluding wolves. And coyotes, just okay. straight up domestic not No, they're just, not coddling. Right, just domesticated dogs. Okay, but I'm gonna start with a little bit of history mm-hmm. on domesticated dogs. So, according to a study published a few years ago by a Swedish geneticist, Pontus Skoglund. That's how I said his name. I know, yeah. it's rough, That's... yeah. He concluded that canine domestication may have occurred roughly 27,000 to 40,000 years ago. Hmm. According to genetic studies, modern-day domesticated dogs originated in China, the Middle East, and Eastern Europe. A fun fact, it takes six to eight generations to domesticate a canine, hmm. according to a 40-year experiment that began in the late 50s by a Russian researcher. Anyway, moving on to film... The supposed first appearance of a dog in film that was ever recorded was in 1894. The Edison Company, you know, Thomas Edison's company, mm-hmm. shot a 40-second film called Athlete with Wand," in which a muscular man performs exercises with a long stick while a black dog lies curled on the floor next to him and at one point, like, looks around and then goes back to sleep. Doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. But that's the first dog in film. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As for narrative films, it appears that the 20s was the decade of the dog star, Okay. particularly German Shepherds. They were hugely popular. It's estimated that at the height of the dog star craze, there were around 80 German Shepherds acting in Hollywood. Wow. Yeah, it was a big thing. The biggest star at that time was Rin Tin Tin, which I know you've heard of him. Yep. Who starred in about 23 films total, half of which are still around. Like, you still watch Rin Tin Tin movies. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was one of the biggest box office draws of the decade, as it turns out. And actually, the profits from the Rin Tin Tin films saved Warner Brothers from bankruptcy at the time. Oh, wow. They was hurting. Fun fact, Ren Ten's Tin owner, Lee Duncan, rescued the puppy uh, from the French battlefield in 1918.
1: Oh, wow. Made him rich. Outlasting. Sweet, sweet dog money. Sweet, sweet.
0: <laughs> Sadly, though, Ren Tintin never murdered anybody on film, as far as we know. It's
1: terrible. Such a missed opportunity.
0: Also, I want to kind of go on a slight aside, because speaking of killer dogs, I have to mention Sherlock Holmes' The Hounds of the Baskervilles, which mm-hmm. was written in 1901, and its first film adaptation was in 1914 in Germany. And that was about killer dogs and Sherlock Holmes was trying to solve the mystery, you know, right with that. So I had to mention that a little bit. But I'm going to jump ahead now and I'm going to finally talk about the first killer dog movie uh, that I could find, or at least one that, of note, and that would be the movie Dog from 1976. And it's a supernatural horror film about a pack of dogs that go on a killing spree. Isn't that nice? So just to give you a brief synopsis. The movie takes place like on a quiet campus in some Southwest university or wherever the fuck. And all these dogs in the area that were once gentle or whatever are now banding together and are like hunting people down all their former masters. It turns out maybe it's like some sort of government experiment. What's training all the dogs to be killers or whatever. But that's the first film I can talk about. I think it also ties in, if you look at that time period, and the reason I'm bringing this up, and you'll see more of these at this time period, is that it's one of those Revenge of Nature movies we talked about before in other episodes where, like, man is messing with nature. In this case, the government's experimenting on dogs or doing some shit, and so they're fighting back to kill people. Sure, sure. You should be meddling in the natural domain kind of shit. We're going to be talking about that more
1: this season. I know, I'm
0: excited about that, but that's part of that thing. This movie's not really that memorable. It's called Dog? It's called Dogs. Sorry, there's an S there. Dogs. Dogs. Yeah. So it's a really creative title. I know they're like They're like, what
1: are we gonna call this movie
0: about dogs? <laughs> yeah. They're like, get the marketing team in here. Get these, get the creatives in here. And there you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Dogs. Ooh, fun fact on dogs, it was released on VHS in nineteen eighty eight under the title Slaughter. Oh, that's interesting. Is that okay. it? yeah? Also, there was supposed to be a sequel appropriately entitled Cats, but when dogs failed at the box office, they didn't make cats. They're like, This is stupid. Right. There's already a musical called Cats. Mm-hmm. You probably
1: would have seen the movie Cats. Oh, I would have seen the movie Cats. Yeah, I mean, I don't like them. Yeah, yeah, I know.
0: All right, so my next movie is The Pack from 1977, and it's a horror film about a pack of abandoned dogs who turn against humans and starts killing them for food.
1: There are over 32 million dogs in this country today, a flesh-eating mammal. They have been kept in a domesticated state by man since prehistoric times. When abandoned by man, left to fend for themselves and deprived of food. They will resort to the most primitive means of survival. Given no other choice, they form
0: the pack. So it's a little bit different that it's not a government experimentation. These dogs are on an island called Seal Island. And I guess they get abandoned by their owners on this island. And they sort of pack together and turn into cannibals for food. And then they go after humans. That sounds legit. Yeah, it's actually not too bad. And it stars Joe Don Baker as a farmer oh who's boy. defending his family against yeah, killer dogs. It's not bad, Wasn't he actually. not Mitchell? Yeah. See Ma 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 Mitchell. Yeah. He was in Mitchell, the mystery science theater movie. Yeah, he's like the hero here. He's like the most like unpleasant yeah. hero like, ever. Who made
1: him a star? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> he's pretty bad but this movie's not too bad here's a fun fact on this movie the film's initial PG rating was successfully appealed to the MPAA to acquire a more restrictive R wait they wanted an R? that's what it sounds like maybe huh. they wanted to get a different audience or something. I don't know it's weird yeah I've never heard of that but there you go the pack my next movie and you're gonna want to talk about this one and I know you've heard of this one is Cujo from 1983 yeah Cujo can you get us in here from the novel by Stephen King, creator of Carrie and The Shining, comes a startling vision of fear. Now there's a new name for terror. Cujo. American psychological horror film is based on the Stephen King novel of the same name. Uh, star starred Dee Wallace and that kid from Who's the Boss?
1: Yeah, Danny Pintauro.
0: Yeah, yeah. Him, you love him, and the story is Cujo. He's an easygoing, playful Saint Bernard. Gets bit by a bat, mm-hmm. gets rabies, and then Dee Wallace is going to get her car fixed with her kid, and then Cujo attacks the car, and they're stuck in the car, and they have to fight their way out. Yeah, basically, the
1: whole movie is them stuck in the car.
0: Yeah, pretty much. That's that's about it. But, you know, slide aside here. I don't know what this movie did for St. Bernard. St. Bernard's a big, happy, fluffy, Mm -hmm. fun dogs. Yep. And I don't know if there was a negative fallout for them as pets after this or not. I tried to research that. I couldn't really find anything to say that that was, you know, like when 101 Dalmatians came out, everybody wanted a fucking Dalmatian. But I was wondering if the opposite happened when this was, Yeah, it's interesting. I
1: feel like I might know something about it, but it's tucked back too far for me to dig it out. The one thing that I do know is that it was a controversial choice to do a St. Bernard, but I think Stephen King wrote As a Saint Bernard, and he didn't want it to be a pit bull or uh, what are other scary dogs, you know, like a Rottweiler. Yeah, because that was just a little bit too. It's too on the nose. nose. Yeah, so he wanted to do something that you know a St. Bernard is kind of the opposite of a scary dog right. so I think he did that for a reason but yeah I'm sure people were probably pissed
0: and it's a good example for this topic too because he successfully took what is not known as a threatening type of dog and made it very scary Yeah, yeah. It also helps to dirty him up and make him bloody and muddy and nasty yeah. and matted up he looked like shit all drooly and gross right and every time disgusting. he like hit the glass he left like he left blood, blood and dirt and, and <laughs> and spit was so nasty I yeah, feel was... bad for that dog because you know he just got all dirtied up yeah for this movie but yeah so I bring that up as a cuddly critter that kills, because they are definitely cuddly critters, but you'll see later on some of the other critters aren't successfully turned into, like, a menacing beast as Cujo was. I'm sure. So, you know, some things don't seem to get away from their cuddly trappings, even though they're killing people, and we'll talk about that as going forward, but Cujo was definitely a success. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was also a modest success at the box office, too. It was released August of 1983, and it opened second place the weekend it came out. It's honestly, it's a good
1: movie. It's a good movie. I mean, yeah. the
0: reviews aren't great because it's kind of like, it doesn't give you much place to go.
1: You know, it's like, right. oh, they're
0: in the thing. And it's, you know, they're either going to get out or they don't. So right. I actually think it's a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. I, I liked the book too, but I definitely thought the movie was well done. Yep. And uh, it was also yeah, the fourth highest grossing movie in 1983. Hmm. And my next movie is Man's Best Friend from 1993. Ooh, I had forgotten about this one. I want Max back. We're not talking about a street mutt here. We are talking about a million-dollar research animal. See, Max is not your typical dog. He's a genetic crossbreed. Enhanced sight, hearing, strength, stamina, the ability to climb with jaguar-like agility, even a chameleon-like capability to camouflage itself if threatened. In the right hands, Max can save thousands of lives. In the wrong hands, he can be a deadly weapon. Man's best friend. So, this movie stars Ali Sheedy and Lance Hendrickson, and it is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's about a genetically mutated... No muta- one's seen this movie. <laughs> yeah, you're I right. I don't think Ali Sheedy's seen this movie. No, I don't think so. I don't think Lance Hendrickson either. He got his paycheck and left, Yeah, which I don't blame him. But it's about a genetically mutated dog that's stolen from a lab from some mad scientist that's blending his DNA with other animal DNA to make this super dog. And so, this animal rights activist is the one stole stolen, which is played by Ali Sheedy. She takes him home, and, like... The dog hangs out with her and likes her and shit. But every time something happens to her, the dog, like, goes and kills on her behalf. Like, somebody snatches her purse. The dog chases that person down, kills him out of her line of sight, and comes, brings her purse back. And she's like, oh, good dog. Uh They have like, murdered somebody to get the purse back. Right, right. So, shit like that kind of happens with this dog. I got to, like, talk about this dog's abilities. So, like I said, it's genetically mutated. So, it has these other abilities. It has, like, a cloaking device. Mm -hmm. Like, they actually have it disappear and then reappear. Oh. In one scene. That's impossible. I, I, yeah okay not and just for a dog but for anything for anything yeah okay, great. It's, yeah so just, there's that but it's most i think powerful defense mechanism is it can pee acid
1: i remember you mentioning that it and pees kind of acid just on somebody's face uh-huh
0: they kept that in the script they're like yep pee acid. they're
1: like the best part is when it pees acid right.
0: which no animal does that in the wild so i can say okay if it looks like a chameleon i can maybe suspend disbelief nothing pees acid right this is an alien In space, no one can hear you bark, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then the scene, which might be your favorite scene, and the scene I have to talk about, is this dog climbs a tree chasing a cat and eats a cat whole like a whole cat is just like oh yeah it shows it disappeared down it's what looks like a puppet dog's uh-huh. head mouth I'd find that funny and it is funny I mean it's it's really just ridiculous I feel bad for the cat not the character of the cat but you could tell somebody pulled a cat through what looked like a dog's puppet head right yeah and because it was a real cat that was getting swallowed and that, the was cat the cat was, alive or the yeah cat? and clearly it was not happy and it was feet first so somebody you know was like and action and then pulled a cat through this puppet's head and you can tell the cat wasn't very happy at the end they were like many Animals were hurt in the making <laughs> yeah, of this yeah, movie. Yeah, p- yes, plenty of animals were harmed making this piece of shit. And then there's a scene also I want to talk about where this dog chases down a mailman that after it's been sprayed with mace and mace doesn't do shit to the dog and mm-hmm. then chase a mailman down and kills the fuck. Yeah, animal. it's like I piss ass at dummies. Right. Yeah. No, nothing you do is gonna matter. Yeah. Fun fact: that scene with the mailman is the scene that Ice Cube's dad is watching in the movie Friday when he's like, "That's your ass, Mr. Mailman." It's, oh, really? It's the scene from Man's Best okay, Friend. Good. So there good, you go. Yeah, all comes around. All right, so before we leave Man's Best Friend and move on to some other dogs, I want to talk about a couple of similar movies. Okay. I just want to touch on them. One's called Rottwallers, as we talked about Rottwallers mm-hmm. And this is from 1983, and it's about a pack of Rottwallers that were bred and trained by the U.S. military to kill people. And they escape and ravage a mountain town. So very similar to The Dogs. Dogs. Very, yeah. yeah. The classic film Dogs. Dogs. And then <laughs> there's The Breed from 2006, and it's a horror movie. I've seen about, The Breed. Have you? Is it any good? Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it. And Not I didn't really. talk about it much. No. Yeah, I didn't feel like it was. And again, it's another genetically modified dogs attack and kill people. I talked about the breed, I, I think, th- in rabies. Okay, I thought a bunch you did. of
1: Teenagers go to an island, yeah. but the island ha- has a bunch of dogs that were abandoned, and now they're all, like, crazed, bloodthirsty.
0: Well, it says here they were genetically modified, but yeah, they're bloodthirsty, and they...
1: I think I work. talked about them, and I think they gave them some genetic form of rabies or something like that, anyway. Okay. I think I said that this is not a rabies movie, but it kind of is a rabies
0: movie. Okay, I think yeah. I remember that now, but either way, it's not a good movie, so I didn't talk about it. So, let me move on to my next movie I had to talk about, slightly different, this one's called Devil Dog, hound from hell Mm, sounds good and it's a 1978 american made for tv horror film the story centers around a suburban family and the experiences they endure from a possessed german shepherd dog that they adopt okay fun fact this was a bad movie monday entry a while back
1: oh really maybe that's why it's sounding familiar yeah
0: it's really bad is it a d it's like a demon possession no it's like i think satan possessed it or something
1: so you could have talked about it in satanic panic
0: yeah i could have but fuck this movie devil dog possession yep Double dog from hell. Anyway, so I had to talk about that one. It's a slight change of the cuddly critters that can kill people. Plus, this dog is like a German shepherd, so they're cuddly. Fuck, they're cuddly. Yeah, sure. All right, so I'm going to move on from dogs. I think we're done with dogs. Yep. Now we're moving on to cats. Your favorite. I love kitties. Not me. So, as I said at the beginning of the dogs portion of this, the cats I'm talking about are only domesticated cats. So, no lions, no tigers, no panthers, no cheetahs, bobcats, or leopards. And there you have it. Thank you. So, a little bit of history on domesticated house cats. I know you're excited to hear this. So, in 2004, there was a tomb that was uncovered in Cyprus that had a cat buried with a human that was dated back to at least 8,000 years ago. Some researchers claim domesticated cats were around as long as 12,000 years ago. Fun fact. Also, it's well documented that ancient Egypt had a real reverence for cats. You know, they love cats, which is good for them. Scientists had found a cat cemetery somewhere in Egypt. I forgot where, but it was brimming with like 300,000 cat mummies. It's like my worst nightmare. Cat mummies coming after you? I mean, 300,000 cats anywhere. That's fair. Fair enough. Terrifying. Yeah. It's like the trailer park down the road from here. Anyway, cats were all over Egyptian culture as well. For instance, Bastet, an Egyptian goddess of love, had a head of a cat. Oh, and fun fact, to be convicted of killing a cat in Egypt often meant the death sentence for the offender. Oh, really? Yeah, so don't kill cats in Egypt. Mm, we'll so, see. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, for some reason, though, and you'll probably be on board with this, this side of it, cats became demonized in Europe during the Middle Ages. They were seen by many as being affiliated with witches and the devil, and many were killed in an effort to ward off evil. It's the reason black cats are still a thing at Halloween. And as a matter of fact, shelters are protective overall when adopting out black cats because they don't want them to be used in sacrifices. And as a matter of fact, as far as really? I know... Yeah. Ma- you made that I'm up. I'm not making that up, and I know that some won't adopt a black cat out on Halloween at all. People Sorry. people sacrifice black cats. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, it's, it's a thing. Ugh. I know, it's fucked up. But yeah, mm-hmm. anyway, let's move on to the movies. So the first film cat in history, and this is actually kind of funny, was also a Thomas Edison movie from 1894. And it's also probably the first cat viral video that's ever been out there because it's basically two cats in a boxing ring boxing each other. Or mm-hmm. somebody's prompting them to box each other with little boxing gloves on. I see. Okay. Yeah, that's. That's a real thing. Old well,
1: Thomas Edison, He's viral
0: video and bright enthusiast. Hashtag cat boxing.
1: that's what they always say about him in the history
0: books. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's his claim to fame. <laughs> he didn't do anything else that's after that. That's all he did. That's all, all he did. managed he to made accomplish. One video. One video, yeah. and it blew the fuck up. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the first narrative film that stars a cat, and that would be *The Black Cat* from 1934, which is an American pre-code horror film starring Bella Lugosi and Boris Korloff. Yep. As you know, *The Black Cat* is based off the Poe. Yeah, yeah Poe yeah. story, which I talked about in *Revenge from the Grave*, mm-hmm. *Kitty Vengeance*, motherfucker. But they took a lot of liberties with this one, I'm sure, because it's got like a whole bunch of other plot stuff going on. Like it's got a deadly game of chess, torture, fling, black mass, human sacrifice, a bunch of. Did you say
1: 19? 34? Yeah. Okay.
0: So yeah, it's a pre-code. pre-code, yeah. yeah. So, it's got a bunch of nutty, crazy shit going on in it, but it's not really the story. Like, they took a lot of liberties with it, so it's not really the basic story where the cat gets revenge right, sure. in the wall necessarily anymore. It's just a bunch of other shit. I guess they had to stretch this out to make a whole movie out of yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just a short story, right? Yeah. Yeah. They are so, like, pad this bitch.
0: But the way it was described, and I didn't really go into too much detail in describing it, but when I was reading about it, it just sounds nuts. So, I kind of want to check it out. Yeah. But anyway, it became Universal Pictures' biggest box office hit of that year. Well,
1: wow. horror movies are quite a thing. Pre-code uh, yeah. of horror movies, yeah.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's the first, I think, narrative movie. The next one I could find that has a murderous cat is in The Incredible Shrinking Man from 1957, which is a black and white science fiction film. I first spoke about this in Toxic Waste because the story is about a guy who comes across... Like radiation, and then he gets some sort of like chemical on him. I Mm -hmm. think it's like pesticide or something, and then he starts shrinking. Right, remembering this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the basic plot, you know, toxic waste or whatever makes this guy start shrinking. He ends up at one point living in this dollhouse, and this I guess his house. He lives in a dollhouse. As one does. As Mm -hmm. one does when you're the size of a doll. Anyway, of course, a cat gets in and starts trying to get him while he's in the dollhouse. I remember this scene. It's like pawing at him, and it's like green screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it opens the back, so it gets into the dollhouse. He has to run, and he like gets away from it and drops a lamp on it or whatever while it's chasing him around and hissing at him a lot, which it would just have killed him. It wouldn't just hiss at him all the whole time. Right, right, right. But anyway, so the cat doesn't kill him. Spoiler. And it's just a normal size house cat. He's just tiny. So yep. Nothing. Nothing no, special about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, but I had to mention it the next movie i want to talk about is called the uncanny and that's from 1977 it's a british anthology horror film in which all three stories have like a cat getting revenge Mm -hmm. i tried to watch it it's really shitty british anthology horror
1: is a thing on its own yeah and it constantly comes up in our research i've never really been able to get much into it yeah i'm not not it's too highbrow. yeah like hello
0: hello oh no i'm in trouble That's all I got. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty much all of them. Yeah, Yeah. that's it. So that's all I got to say about this, except this movie stars Peter Cushing, who starred as Sherlock Holmes in the old Sherlock Holmes movies. Mm -hmm. And he was also played Grand Moff Tarkin in the original Star Wars. Hmm. oh yeah yeah and he was digitally recreated for the Rogue One movie yeah I feel like that's they shouldn't do that and here he gets murdered by cats so mm-hmm. there you go great my next movie I want to talk about and I'm excited about this one is Tales from the Dark Side the movie from 1990 this comes up all the time I love this movie Tales of ghastly revenge Tales of ruthless evil that cat has killed three people in this household I don't believe this kill it Bury it and bring me its tail from the dark side well actually, I actually love this story in this movie the best it's a pretty good movie I just watched it did you did you like it the cat one yeah I like the cat one. It's a murdering cat. Yes. It, does it push someone out the window at the end? No, I'll talk about it. Okay. Tales from the Dark Side is a 1990 American horror anthology that takes its name from the TV show, the same name that used to come out during the 80s. Remember yep. Tales from the Dark Side? The story I'm talking about is the middle story called The Cat from Hell, which is also it's based on a, a Stephen King short story. And the story's about this old man who's rich, he's wealthy, and he hires this assassin to come kill this cat that keeps like hanging around at his house. The reason he wants to kill it is because he thinks the cat was sent to kill him because he owns a pharmaceutical company where they did all these tests on cats. Right, right. So he thinks the cats sent him to kill him, and it already supposedly killed his two sisters. And he goes into how they were killed. You know, one, I think the cat got under their foot, and they fell down the stairs and broke their neck. And the other one, something else happened the assassin thinks he's full of shit thinks he's crazy but he's like fine i'll take your money old man this will be easy as fuck so the hitman goes about trying to kill this cat and it turns out to be a lot harder than he thought it would be he tries to shoot it he misses he tries to stab it whatever it keeps getting away with him comes back and it fucks with him is Mm -hmm. what it does this could be on your next episode called cat killing cat killing Anyway, so when the cat finally kills him, you remember how he does it? Mm, I don't. It crawls down his fucking throat. Oh, yeah, that's right. It jumps on his face, suffocates him, and goes into no. It goes into his mouth and goes all the way down his throat into his stomach. So gross. It's really disgusting. It's a great effect, too. Yeah. Anyway, the old man comes home the next day. Spoiler. He comes home the next day, sees the dead man on the ground, and then you see the stomach move, and the cat, like, comes back out of the guy's mouth, jumps in the old man's lap, and, of course, the old man has a heart attack because he can't reach the drugs that were used to, you know...
1: That's the similar plot to Malibu High, when Kim won't give the principal his heart attack pills. Yeah, he's an
0: educator. That was fucked He's up. an educator. Yeah, so the cat... Kills that old man. I like that story, and I kind of like that movie. Anything to add to that? What were the other two stories? The Was other one two, Drew Barrymore. No, no, you're thinking of Cat's Eye, which I didn't talk about in this Oh, uh, that's why I'm confused. Which has a cat in each of those stories. That's another anthology movie, Stephen King anthology movie. But the only thing that cat kills is like a little... That little monster little thing, monster yeah. thing, so I didn't really talk about that one. But the other two stories, one's got Christian Slater, and it's about a mummy. It comes back to life. Right. And then the last one is about the demon that told the guy not to tell the secret that he saw the demon the Like gargoyle, and then he starts dating Radon Chong. And then he tells her that, Hey, I, one time this gargoyle told me not to tell people that I saw him, and I saw him. And then she turns into a, a gargoyle. Do you remember?
1: Whew. I guess maybe. Well, how fucking
0: drunk were you when you watched this I don't movie? No, the thing is, is
1: that we watch so many movies That's for true. this that a lot of times I'm doing something else while I'm,
0: you know what I mean? I don't That's know. Right. I don't
1: have an excuse. I don't know. This is not ringing a bell anymore. All right. Well, Tales
0: from Dark Side is a pretty decent movie, and I think Cat from Hell is the best part about it oh and there's a wraparound story where this kid is telling these stories while he's trying to buy time oh that's what it is with Blondie with Blondie
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Debbie Harry plays I yeah, guess she's a like witch a witch or and he's and she's having a dinner party and she's gonna
0: cook that little fat kid yeah. right and he's trying to tell her hey one more story before you cook me because he's trying to plot and then he his pushes escape. her in the oven at the end yeah it was good yeah good story and she was good in it I all I remember is the, the Debbie Harry parts right if
1: the actual stories don't have Debbie Harry in them I'm uninterested
0: right There you go. All right, moving on. My next movie is Strays from 1991. It's a made-for-TV horror film. Mm -hmm. The Jarretts have finally found their dream house.
1: Now, it's about to become their worst nightmare.
0: You know, what you found in your bedroom sounds like a dominant male marking its territory. So what are you telling us? We have a wild cat living in our backyard? They've been around people all their lives, so uh, they're not afraid at all. They... Have nine lives. We only have one strays. It's about a lawyer from Chicago who moves to like an isolated house with his wife and his family, and I guess there's a bunch of stray cats around there and the cats get pissed off because he moves shit around. That's their territory, so I guess he pisses them all off. And their leader, I think his name is Blue, I think that's what they nicknamed him. He's kind of bluish looking. I don't know. Is the one that like is leading these cats against them. Okay. It's a ridiculous, like most ridiculous cat movie I've ever seen. You haven't sold me on this one. It's not like good, but Unsolved. except near the end, where when he has this final fight with him, he basically throws a cat in the microwave. The cat jumps out of the microwave. He ends up, spoiler, electrocuting this cat like with a power cord. That's cool. Yeah, but it's just like screeching cats leaping. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's fucking. Ugh, I ridiculous. Know. I don't think I'd like. It's this. not. No, it's it's not really good, but it's just. But kind of bad shit yep and then last but not least is Uninvited from 1988 now this is a bad movie Monday yeah movie. yeah yeah this one is bad shit crazy. Oh,
1: I remember this one. Yeah. This
0: is the one. Yeah. No, go ahead. Okay, okay. So, this movie stars George Kennedy, which I feel really bad the fact that mm-hmm. he's in this movie. He had to have needed the money. And this is, like I said, a bad movie Monday staple. But it's about a house cat that gets on a boat and kills a bunch of dumb asses on the boat. It takes place primarily on a boat. Yep. And the gimmick, of course, is that this has no ordinary house cat. I don't know if it was like escaped from a lab or what, but it has, living inside of it, what looks like a skinned other demon cat right. that comes out of its mouth and kills like people or bites them. If it doesn't kill you and bites you, you get this infection and then your veins explode.
1: Right. And then, and then it goes, it back, goes back in, back in the so cat. you can't you, so you don't know it's a monster because right. it's living
0: inside of a cat a cat and then you piss the cat off the demon comes out right and they show it and it's the worst effect it's really ever. shitty it's it's super like shitty a, right like a fucking muppet looking puppet head yeah. that this demon puppet head comes yeah, it's, out of it's, it's not cool it is not cool but did
1: you watch it oh yeah yeah I used to watch your bad movie Mondays you know it would take me a week or so to right. watch them but yeah I've seen most of the bad movie Mondays
0: yeah I would I recommend that one I think you guys should check this out watch yeah. it There's probably still on the fun. site it's, fun. I mean it's awful but it's great so that's the last cat movie I want to talk about but I kind of want to wrap up the cat part in that all these movies are just highly improbable cats just don't act that way they don't go in packs and attack people it just doesn't work that way and you know yeah they hiss and they're annoying and people are kind of like you yeah, to get the cat away from me but they're I mean they're not very big yeah, And And the truth is, and I think smell. this... Is, man,
1: they yeah, maybe. shit in boxes. I don't want a box of shit in my house.
0: Well, I mean, dogs shit on your bed, too. So.
1: The dogs shit outside. You send, send them outside. Right. Cats Some, are like... I just... They I shit don't want a, a box full of turds in my house.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> but... You don't want like, a box of turds? I just that, don't. Know, don't I just... Fair. I don't
1: feel like that's asking too much.
0: Granted, I'll give you the box of turds piece. You. But, you know, I think the reason why you don't see these movies anymore, especially now in modern times, is because really this whole threat could be mitigated with like a fucking laser pointer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If cats were attacking you, all you got to do is throw a laser on there and they'll automatically just stop. They'll go fuck with the laser. I've right. never seen a cat not stop what the fuck they were doing and go after a laser. Like if you made this movie now, it would be three minutes. Right. Be like, oh no, the strays are after me. G- give me the laser. Mm-hmm. Done. That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, except maybe the cat from hell. He was on a mission, but all the other ones easily mitigated. It reminds me of that movie Slugs, another bad movie Monday staple where oh I if, love if, uh, if, if somebody just slug. had some salt, mm-hmm. they could have solved that whole problem with yeah. that movie. Nobody had any salt. They're just like, nobody even thought of it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's all I got to say about cats. Any comments besides box of turds? I hate them. Okay. Well, that's fair. I don't. I love kitties. All right. My next animal is guess what? Bunnies. Yep. Bunnies. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Had to talk about bunnies. So as I said, dogs and cats were domesticated some 10, 15,000, whatever years ago. But rabbits on the other hand weren't domesticated until about maybe 1400 years ago. As it turned out, a group of monks in Southern France were the first who managed to domesticate rabbits. And it's kind of an unusual reason. It's actually kind of funny because it's said that the Catholic Church had declared meat from young rabbits to be a kind of fish. Okay. Therefore, it could be eaten during Lent. So yes, rabbit and fish are, I guess, the same. So they were like rabbits are fish now. Right. Rabbits are fish. Catholic. So yeah. For you kids at home, rabbits are the same as fish. Yeah. All right. The first movie I could find that featured a rabbit at all was Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoon titled "Trolley Troubles." The short was released on September 5th, 1927, and it jump-started a series. technically it was a second oswald cartoon because the first one called poor papa was really shitty and they didn't want to use it so a little detail on what oswald is just before i move on from that oswald the lucky rabbit is an anthropomorphic rabbit an animated cartoon character that was created by walt disney and distributed by universal studios in the 20s and 30s and it served as the disney studio's first animated character to feature its own series so i just want to mention that because that's i think the first bunny on movies at all okay I, i'm surprised edison didn't have them boxing each other or whatever but no thomas edison he was a one-hit wonder I clearly one video yeah. He only did that one thing he in history. He did that one thing, and that was it. Yeah, he blew his wad early. Yeah. yeah, Thomas Edison, early wad blower. Yeah, <laughs> He'll be known for that for the rest of history. Yeah. So I'm going to jump ahead about my next movie, because honestly, this is the movie that I think got me wanting to do this topic to begin with. Do you know what movie that is? Night of the Lupus or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> yep, Night of the Lupus. Yeah, a, everyone caught lupus. <laughs> What's <laughs> it, leaper, lemur, lepus? <laughs> night of, of the lemur, Rated R. <laughs> no, it was night of the well, lepus. Keep, lepus, Le, lepus, lepus. What did I say the first? time? You said lupus. Oh. <laughs> All right, I guess those are different. Yeah, slightly. You think?
1: What happened that night? Science made its greatest mistake. What unknown terror was born that night? What is? The The terrifying terrifying mutant mutant that strikes strikes from from behind behind the shroud of night. That night. (coughs) That night of the Lepus.
0: So this movie is a 1972 horror movie, I put that in quotes, sci-fi horror, excuse me, and it's based off the 1964 science fiction novel, The Year of the Angry Rabbit. <laughs> I think that's better. I actually like it a little bit better than- At Nideville. least you know how to pronounce rabbit. rabbit. Yeah, that's a good point. As the story goes, these farmers in this small Arizona town are having bunny problems. So, they get the scientists to come and, like, inject them with something that'll stop them from breeding. Only what it does is... Nothing it, will stop rabbits from breeding. Yeah, They're and they learn that harsh down lesson to fuck, all, all the well. time. Yeah, Yeah, because what happens is they end up growing to, like, wolf size or whatever, and then they start terrorizing people. And eating people because Mm -hmm. somehow it makes them bloodthirsty as well of course so you know rabbits are after that sweet sweet human flesh oh and they eat horses and dogs and anything that gets in their way Mm -hmm. they're like a terror of stampeding bunnies and they fuck and they fuck and then murder they fucking kill and eventually the National Guard is called for this big final showdown of the terrorizing rabbits do you remember when I had a
1: bunny that yes. thing used to would have killed humped. everybody. <laughs> I was going to say it humped everyone, but it you're did right. Hump it did everyone, kill a bunch of people, and then
0: it killed a bunch of people. Was, uh, we don't talk about that anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this film, fun fact, stars DeForest Kelly, aka Bones McCoy from Star Trek, mm-hmm. and none other than Janet Lee. Psycho. Oh, poor Janet. Yeah. Did you watch this movie? No, I've never seen it. So, I watched it for this podcast. And really, the whole thing is these bunnies filmed in slow motion running on miniature sets. Mm-hmm. They did it in slow motion to kind of make it look like they... You a know, little had, more dramatic. You know, yeah. Well, then it also had more weight because they moved a little slower. Right. It failed. Yeah. No, and, really? I mean, there's no... Like tongue in cheek humor about this. Right, all. right. They mean this shit. Like, they're fucking serious that, the, oh shit, these cute, adorable, fluffy bunnies are coming to kill us all. And it'll show, like, people running, and then it'll flip to the scene and show. These slow-motion bunnies just loping through this, like, clearly miniature set. Yeah. You know, and this movie's, like, from the 70s. Mm-hmm. They could have done a little bit better. Yeah. They probably shouldn't have just never made a murderous bunny movie or at least made it, like, a joke. Because... Maybe they should have stuck with Night of the Lupus instead. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody just gets lupus yeah. and dies. I mean, that's end. terrifying. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think it's free, and I think we'll put it on the site because it's something okay. to see. I'm going to put that on my list. Yeah. It's worth watching Night of the Lupus because... It's just crazy. But it's a good example. Since we talked about Cujo, I'm going to kind of juxtapose the two. Cujo took a friendly animal that was harmless or considered harmless for most people and made it frightening. Mm-hmm. This movie took bunnies and basically just they're still adorable. They're, they're still like, oh, it looks so like a cute. bunny. They're the so bunny jumps so cute. It, you can't make these bunnies frightening. Yeah. So moving on from that. I'm going to talk about Monty Python and the Holy Grail from 1975. Okay. I mean, this movie, I don't even need to explain this movie. It's a Monty Python comedy group, and they make a movie about finding the Holy Grail. There's so much quotable shit. Everyone knows this movie. Literally everyone knows what you're talking about. So the scene I'm talking about, which everybody also knows, is the part where they're trying to get into this cave that they think the Grail is in. And it's supposedly guarded by this evil monster that can't be killed. And so they get up to it and they're like, oh, there it is. I think it's Merlin points it out and says, there's the creature. And it says... cute little white bunny and they're like what is it behind the rabbit What what's going on so they send a knight to go get in and the rabbit like flies up and attacks him and like bites his whole fucking head off mm-hmm. and they're freaking out then they go and they rush it where the rabbit ends up killing like two or three other people and it's hilarious like this rabbit's flying around it's you know they're playing it for laughs because they realize unlike night of the lupus that rabbit's killing people is fucking funny right finally they have to kill it off uh using the do you know what it is? It's not really my type of humor. Oh, mm, well, it's British. I like fart jokes. Okay, well, fair enough. Well, they use the holy hand grenade of Antioch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at least Monty Python knew that a harmless rabbit killing people shouldn't be taken seriously, and they didn't.
1: Right. there is
0: well Where? There. What, behind the rabbit? It is the rabbit. You silly sod. What? Oh. You guys all worked up. Well, that's no ordinary rabbit. Oh. That's the
1: most foul, cruel, and bad-tempered rodent you ever set eyes on. It's a killer. I'm warning you. What's he do? Nibble your bum? He's got huge sharp. He can leap about. Look at the bones!
0: Go on, boys, chop his head off. Right, right. silly little bidder <laughs> One rabbit suit coming right up. Look! <laughs> ah!
1: Jesus Christ, I warned you, I warned you, but did you listen to me? Oh, no, you knew it all, didn't you? Oh, it's just a harmless little bunny, isn't it? Well, it's always the same. I always tell them, do they
0: listen to me? Oh, no. So the next movie I'm talking about, which for a certain age group managed to make bunnies kind of scary, was the movie Watership Down. I never saw that. So it's based on the book of the same name that came out in 1972. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in school had to read it. I had to read it. Apparently you didn't because I don't think you ever read it. But it's a film that I think if you ask any random Gen Xer who's seen it, fucked up their childhood because is a fucked up movie what it's about in this warren which i guess is like a field a warren yeah in the sandalford warren is what the description says your sandalford warren <laughs> Fiverr, a young rabbit is also a seer like this rabbit is also can see visions because of course starts seeing blood on the field and so he's like we got to leave this place because somebody's going to come and kill us So he tries to talk to the people who run it, because apparently bunnies have like their own little hierarchies. Who knew? In this book and in this movie. And he convinces his brother Hazel. Wait a minute. His brother's name is Hazel? Yeah.
1: It's a girl's name.
0: (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. At least it's not Bernadette. Yeah. So there's that. But anyway, they fail to convince their chief that they need to evacuate, because again, they have this whole hierarchy. But they escape and they leave. Anyway, they're trying to go to this place called Watership Down, which will keep them safe from, like, Predators and farmers and everything. And, you know, as they go on their journey, like some of them get taken by hawks and some of them just get murdered. Like it's a bloody cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's a fucked up movie. But there's one murderous bunny and his name is General Woundwort. So hold on, let me back all that up. So during their journey, Hazel and Fiverr and their whole crew end up in this one little burrow that's kind of safe, but it's run by this dictator because of course it's it would be right it's like okay. a hitler analogy and the Hitler bunny is, I think, named General Woundwart, and he's, like, scarred, and he's all fucked up. Anyway, he ends up, like, killing bunnies. And this is graphic. Like, it's a cartoon with this bunny, like, that rips, like, throats out and shit. Mm-hmm. He's kind of frightening for a cartoon bunny, especially if you see it as a kid. It's fucked huh. up. Yeah. Anyway, Woundwart ends up taking on a dog at the end, because then this dog comes through and kills, like, a bunch of rabbits. I really know that I'm. the description of this is all over the place. It's a weird fucking movie. It's from the 70s, so it's kind of trippy, too. Yeah, yeah. As animation is in that time period it's kind of frightening actually so sounds good yeah it's it's more frightening than night of the lupus i can tell you that mm. so yeah watership down from 1978 if you haven't seen it as an adult it doesn't fuck you up as much if you've seen it now like if you watch it now it's not gonna bother you but yeah could. i'm know, already show, fucked up so it's fine but if you want to show it to like your niece and nephew that's it, oh, you that's, know that's good traumatize yeah. them a new generation can be traumatized I by water traumatizing them yeah so other than that there really isn't any notable killer bunny films that sort of blew its load with night of the lupus yep. but as you can tell, I didn't talk about people in bunny costumes, Donnie Darko, or. Yeah, no, like that, that doesn't count. I just want to talk about actual bunnies. But I would say, overall, as a means for a fierce killer creature, bunnies just don't work. Nope. Nope. All right, so now we're moving on. We're going to talk about miscellaneous. So these are all the animals that don't have their own category. And sure. The first one I want to talk about is the movie The Killer Shrews from 1959. <laughs> okay. So this is a mystery science theater staple. So what it's about. Wait, let me guess. Is it about killer shrews? Holy shit, how would you know? Uh,
1: just really good at this. Wow, this, yeah. you are. seen a lot of movies. You know? <laughs> yeah, you,
0: you got it. So, yeah, it is, spoiler, about killer mm-hmm. shrews. And the way that happens is the scientist does research serums and uses shrews for test animals because, I don't know. Shoes? Oh, that's Sh- interesting. Oh, yeah. Everyone likes shoes. Shrews. Shrews. Thank you. Sorry. Now, granted, let me back this up and say a shrew is sort of like a mole. Mm-hmm. It's a rodent mole. They're kind of cute. They're kind of cute. Wouldn't necessarily call them cuddly, but considering it's probably one of the most improbable murderous... Mm-hmm. Creatures, I had to talk about oh, it. Cute. And this is like a terrible movie. But anyway, so what I guess the guy, the scientist is trying to do is make humans or people smaller, but they end up making shrews bigger. I don't fucking know. Uh-huh. Whoops. And so then these shrews just start coming out and killing people. Oh, and fun fact, the close-up of the, of the shrews in the movie are like hand puppets. And like long shots are basically dogs with like shrew costumes <laughs> on them. Uh-huh. So that's one of the things that Mystery Science Theater like mercilessly made fun of. I'm sure. In their episode. But... Yeah, I had to talk about this movie because it's just not a good horror creature. Fun fact, the sequel, The Return of the Killer Shrews, came out in 2012. And I believe it holds the record of longest length of time between the original film and sequel release, Mm -hmm. which is 54 years. Wow. Yeah, but I didn't watch it, and I'm sure it's garbage. just like the first one, so yeah, keep it consistent. My next movie I want to talk about is Black Sheep from 2006. Not to be confused with the 1996 comedy of the same name starring Chris Farley and David Spade. Mm-hmm. This one's about an experiment in genetic engineering that turns harmless sheep into bloodthirsty killers that terrorize a town in, in New Zealand. Oh. So it's a New Zealand made movie. Mhm. And it's fucking ridiculous as it would be. It actually looks like, and maybe this is a New Zealand thing, but it really kind of reminds me of the early films of Peter Jackson because it's got that type of gore yeah, and sure. it's that whole New Zealand vibe to it that his early movies had. Yeah, And it's kind of fun. You know, like when people get attacked, they're clearly these animatronic sheep. Mm-hmm. And it's just, again, it's intentionally funny, but you know, you see people running from flocks of sheep coming at you. That's just ridiculous. Right, it's kind right. of fun, you know, but at least they understood That running from sheep is inherently ridiculous, unlike Night of the Lepus, which thought that struck terror into people's hearts. Yeah. Sheep don't do that. Nope. But this movie went over the top with like guts going everywhere, gore. So it's still pretty bad, but at least they tried to do that whole Peter Jackson thing with killer sheep.
1: The thing that's really the scariest about sheep is have you ever seen the way they poop? No, I really haven't. They look like beans like they don't like drop a log. They drop like all of these little beans. Poop beans. It's really weird and gross. That's the scariest part about sheep. So hopefully it's they're not in a bean box. poop bean yeah. poop,
0: yeah. It's gross. That's fair. Thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. You really You're have welcome. some poop knowledge. I know.
1: I'm really <laughs> glad that I could educate everyone, but mostly about poop and pee.
0: Yep. Keep it real. Mhm. So my last movie I'm going to talk about is Zombievers from 2014. Zombie birds? Zombievers. As in zombie Um, beavers. Zombie beavers? That's a real thing. It's on Netflix. You can watch it. Okay. I did watch it, unfortunately. So let me tell you the plot of this film. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm gonna. Yeah, it's exactly what you think. Okay, so this film follows a group of college kids staying at some cottage, and they're attacked by a swarm of zombie beavers. Mm hmm. That. So I was right. You were right. there's are mm-hmm. zombie beavers. Yeah, it's one of those movies where they came up with the title first and made a movie around mm-hmm. it. Like somebody was kicking around zombie stuff, and they portmanteaued zombie beavers and like zombie beavers. Yeah, and then they wrote it. And actually, I think in their wiki entry, it pretty much says that, that yeah. they came up with the title and just wrote the movie after it. It's got some gore, a lot of nudity, as these should have. Hmm. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah, but clearly they had fun making it. I'm gonna this write it down <laughs> Yeah. Why? It's, it's, it's on like, Netflix. What well, yeah, you should check when it out. When you said nudity, I was like, all right, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. maybe. And there's a review in Variety that kind of sums this up best, so I want to quote that. It says, This debut feature is not without flashes of ingenuity, but the one-joke premise wears thin even before the mercifully brief 76-minute running time is up. However, Zombievers is not a total wash, and seen at night under the right combination of low expectations and controlled substances, it may even seem better than it really is. And I agree with that. I watched it with a bunch of drunk people, Uh and it was terrible. But... That's pretty much it. So it might be worth checking 76 out. minutes.
1: I think I've got 76 minutes for this. I think you should. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So beavers, everybody. And also the whole beaver thing and double entendre it's just throughout the whole movie. Comedy gold. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of beaver jokes mm-hmm. in this movie. So it's, a it's, a it's a funny word. It's a funny word. And yep. used in the way it's used is No, funny. we get it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You girls met it down?
1: We're staying over there in my cousin's place. We were
0: looking for beavers. Well, hell, ain't we all? So that's where I'm going to end this topic. Okay. I realize it's a pretty obscure topic, but I like talking about these movies, and I find it interesting that it seems like movie studios are always trying to find some way to make animals or things that are everyday things scary. Right. You know, Hitchcock did it, I think, most famously and effectively with birds. Mm-hmm. You know, Stephen King was successful with dogs, and I think to lesser effect, cats. But it just goes downhill from there. Bunnies aren't fucking scary. Yeah. Sheep aren't either. Beavers really aren't. Even zombie beavers. Mm-hmm. But as you go down, you notice these movies are having fun with it. You know, they're not trying to take the subject seriously. It's right. Right. Having fun with it. Which is a good lesson. You know, if you're going to find a harmless creature to kill people, run with it. Yep. Have fun with it because otherwise you're going to have Night of the Yeah, and nobody wants that. Right. Anything to add? Yeah, I'm just curious. Why did you leave gremlins off? It's funny that you brought up gremlins. I actually have a little postscript on here if you didn't say something. So the reason I didn't talk about gremlins is because, and by that, Slate's talking about the Mogwai, like Gizmo, so who's a cute. Mogwai. He's adorable. There so are, And they are quite cuddly and adorable. It's because the Mogwai don't kill people. They have mm-hmm. to become slimy gremlins before they kill people. However, right. caveat, Gizmo kills Stripe at the end of the movie. That's right. So technically, he was a cuddly critter that killed. Mm-hmm. So maybe I should have included it. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't kill any humans, so I sort of left that out for that reason. And Kills Striper. But he does kill Stripe. Badass. Yeah, so... Gizmo is adorable I and kill motherfuckers. Grimmins is a great movie. It is a great yep. movie. It's a very enjoyable movie, but that's why I didn't quite include it, but I'm glad you brought it up. Okay, good. And that's all I've got for this topic. Anything to put out? Anything to say about it? I'm good. Cuddly Critters That Kill. So any other movies you guys have that have adorable critters that kill people, um, let us know. Let us know. All right. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Slums of Film History. You can find us on the web at slumsoffilmhistory.com, where you can find links to some of the movies we talked about today, along with pictures, videos, and additional resources, as well as Sunday Slum Day, our weekly recommendation for the best and sometimes worst films every Sunday night.
1: If you want to keep up with us, we're on Facebook and Twitter, where we share out a lot of additional content. And as always, please fact check us and let us know if we left anything out. We're not professionals, just two friends that love gross movies. At, wait, no, what was it? Oh, bootlegging. (laughs) Bootlegging!